and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 481. Back at it again. Lucky Woo. us. <laughs> no, we've had a couple of like solo ventures, you and I, between uh, the last time you and I recorded, huh? That is true. Uh, you, I, I, you know, I actually, I bought a bundle on Voodoo. Uh, I, I don't, if I've seen the first Top Gun, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I got a bundle with both of them and I'll be watching it over the weekend. And then I'll be able to listen to your mini app. <laughs> I know it's a non-spoiler, but still. No, yeah, I get it. That's not it, it makes sense at the end of the day, just like some people will probably and I will I will steer people towards this. Some people will probably be more willing to go listen to the Obi-Wan preview episode once the show is actually over with. <laughs> <sighs> and then I had a couple of YouTube videos post. I know you've got one in the can that you've been working on, right? Actually, I have a which I I have one that's sitting out there forever, but I have one that I did I made, I think it was yesterday. It's It'll be short because it won't be as fancy as your card opening ones. And I even preference that in the recording. But I had my pile of loot, very small pile of loot, <laughs> arrive, which had the Eye of Agamotto along with zombie Funko cap. So, oh, I nice. recorded, uh, so I recorded that last. I think it's like almost like an even three minutes. So I'm actually going to try probably by the end of this week. As we're recording this, I'll probably try to upload that actually first before this episode even gets uh, even get be- begins to get edited just because it shouldn't take me long to do. And it's been and it's way overdue. And that probably will spur me on. Yes, to do the other pile of loot one, just because at least there's a little drama there with the blind bag stuff of Lilo and Stitch. At least there were actually blind bag openings. So you didn't know what you were going to get. Yeah. Pile of loot. I think I still have my. um my yellow lantern wonder woman in my pile of loot waiting for one of my other things to to come and i i obviously i ordered the mcfarland figures too so and my uh too bad it was like a week probably a week and a half too late for me but my my dead my dead multi-armed doctor strange funko just Mm. hit my pile of loot today uh but over on youtube lantern cast vids is our channel uh i posted two videos it was the uh, unboxing some pokemon cards the celebrations line as well as evolving skies i actually recorded the bulk of that video back in october and you know a little bit of procrastination as i usually do with those videos Uh, there's really no need to post them almost immediately after unboxing but uh, i just hate video editing so 
but in in that time i learned more about pokemon cards so i went when i went back and watched that video i was like oh god this is cringe but i i managed to salvage it so uh by uh which is really great incentive for you guys to go watch it right (laughs) i managed to salvage this thing please go spend 40 minutes watching this video Chad Bokeman, it could be worse. <laughs> but the but the thing is, I you know after I did that because that was like my first foray. The, the 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 bulk of that video was my first foray into buying Pokemon cards. And in the time since that I recorded that, I started collecting the entirety of the celebrations and evolving skies line. And so I just showed uh, kind of a you know made 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 the video out to be where we were now where we are. And then I also posted, uh, I was able to get my hands on five packs, sealed packs, of the 2005 Upper Deck Green Lantern Core DC Versus system. And uh, I because it's only five packs, it's a short video, so it's 20 minutes. So go check that out if you guys have a chance. And of course, I listened, I, I, I released the, uh, the Denny O'Neill, Remembering Denny O'Neill special app, uh, which is uh, on, released on the two-year anniversary of his passing. Yes, we've been busy, just not busy together. <laughs> That's right. We were we were on a break. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk uh, about the stuff that's been happening with Green Lantern in the meantime. There's so much to catch up on, right? So much content. That's right. So that means we start with Jurassic World. <laughs> no, well, I was I was only I was going to kid around and say, well. What do we want to do? Do we want to do the fun stuff first? And then I started thinking about what we're talking about. I don't know what would fit. I don't, it's in the eye of the beholder if there's any fun stuff or what would actually be fun versus what's not fun are the two things the two things we're going to be talking about. I think it's completely in the eye of the, of the beholder which one's more fun than the other. So I so it's really up to you if you want to if you want to bite the bullet and, and do our big picture dark crisis talk. I guess we can do that first. Yeah, let's do dark crisis because the only thing we're going to talk about in any detail is the how stuff, right? So we're talking we're in and just for the people at home, we've already talked about the death of the Justice League uh, issue. That is Justice League 75. Uh, I forget what episode number that is, but it's relatively recently. Go find it in the feed. In the time since then, the free comic book day preview uh issue came out uh i guess it was dark crisis zero is what that was technically is then there was a ju- uh, a special issue the justice league road to dark crisis and now dark crisis number one hit what last week i believe so yes 476 is the episode of the death go. of the justice league too bad it so, wasn't 475 to match 75 but <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, there's going to be actually uh, just I'll, for the people home, I'm going to get Dark Crisis. I'm going to get the event. So, uh, you know, if we want to catch up at any point, we can do that or I can just whether we do a full review of something or Mark just goes, you know, <laughs> a quick small segment. Hey, Chad, what's been happening in Dark Crisis? I can tell you guys in the future. I'll be getting that event. But, yeah, in the meantime, we can talk big picture. There is a couple of um, there there there. Well, first of all. There's involvement from Hal in Dark Crisis 1. The Justice League Road to Dark Crisis issue has a bunch of segmented stories. Uh, and just like it says Road to Dark Crisis, that sort of lead up to you know where we are with issue one. One of those stories is a Hal Jordan-centric story. And this is as close as we'll probably get to a recap of anything. It's Hal out in space and 2814. He's not far away. And he's chasing down this purplish alien thing. 
and it heads down towards Earth, and he's trying to make it not crash into the water. So uh, as it gets close, he calls for backup uh, on Earth, trying to reach the Justice League. Nobody's responding. It crashes into the ocean, and because it hit water, the thing that Hal didn't want to happen starts happening, and it metamorphosizes and basically starts splitting itself off into a swarm of different creatures. Uh, because Aquaman is dead, uh, Jackson answers the call. And this is Jackson from like Young Justice is probably the most popular. Jackson, who we met uh, for the first time in Brightest Day, uh, shows up to help him with it. He uses his, some, uh, some of his aquakinesis and, and stuff like that to help him out to uh, get everything involved. And it's through this interaction that Hal figures out that the Justice League is dead, but obviously they're, I guess, pun intended, bigger fish to fry. <laughs> so uh, they deal with it. Uh, they deal with the issue. Uh, Jackson calms down this creature and it metamorphosizes back into a singular entity. And Hal flies off telling Jackson, hey, you and all the younger heroes will need to step up now. Uh, and I'm going to go figure out what's going on. I actually really like that interaction. I thought that was a cool looking story. The art looked sort of wonky in some places, but fantastic in others. So I gave it a pass, uh, especially given artistic pers- uh, personal preference wise. I haven't really been enjoying a lot of Green Lantern art lately. So I, I particularly enjoyed this. But Overall, we really haven't learned much yet, I would say, Mark. I mean, Justice League is dead. There's a power vacuum. The villains are doing what you would expect the villains to do when they hear the freaking Justice League is dead and start struggling for power and try and get things where they are. And then, of course, then the younger heroes trying to struggle with the idea that their mentors are gone, friends, family are gone. You know, who's going to be the new Justice League? That sort of thing. Uh, there's not a whole lot of new ground broken here, right? No, the reality is we don't we don't really know much more about. I'm trying to phrase this the best way. We really don't know what we're going to have to deal with in order before this crisis and you know in quotes gets resolved and and the good guys win. We don't know what exactly the big threats, the physical threats, the actual stuff we're going the heroes are going to have to be dealing with. We really don't have much of an idea unless you want to take you know, Justice League 75 and just kind of extrapolate that. And But no, the, the reality is these these three issues, the com, the free comic book day, the road to, to Dark Crisis and Dark Crisis 1, pretty much you have the majority of it is everybody dealing with the fallout from the Justice League being dead. And you have some, you have some characters that a lot of a lot of characters who push back on different levels. You obviously have Nightwing, who's kind of been there, done that before. So he's. For different reasons, he's not really willing to step up, not just step up to the plate to take, you know, like run the Justice League, but he's also not 100% convinced that these guys aren't coming back. You have Damien, probably because Damien's a jerk, who just refuse, would refuse to believe under any circumstance that his father is, is dead. You have, you have some of the young heroes who are willing to step up because John, the driving force behind this is that John basically feels that it's his duty and he has to step up and try to form a new Justice League. And he gets, re, you know, he kind of gets rebuffed a lot uh, by a lot of people. You would think, you know, his attempts to get like a Wonder Woman and a Batman kind of fail miserably pretty quickly. And Black Adam has no desire. You know, Black Adam doesn't. It's like, you're not ready to run this league, so I'm out. <laughs> and Hal, of course, is Hal. It kind of is has a different take because Hal is not understandably so, I think, isn't buying everything Black Adam 
is selling. And and let's be honest, that recap by Black Adam, he, he talks about some stuff you're not you wouldn't think that he would necessarily 100 percent be sure about considering what, what what he was dealing with at the time. He, he kind of was speaking in absolutes about some things. But Hal isn't entirely convinced, you know, that they can even trust Black Adam's version of what happened. And like you said, the villains are trying to step into the void. They're being they're being organized to to try to step in and take advantage of the lack of Justice League. But the reality is, as far as dealing with the great darkness and everything else, you have a little bit with Pariah, probably the most the most relevant story in I think what I think that was in the Road to Dark Crisis, when you have the uh, him being haunted by his family, and that's when you have the great darkness either either convincing him or just pure simply manipulating or uh, controlling him into building his machine again. And the more interesting thing was just about when Pariah is kind of given the narration and thinking Dark Crisis one about about hope about the how you know, about how hope is so powerful and he's kind of like laughing at you know on, a, on one level he's kind of mocking that all the heroes still are so hopeful about everything but yet he points out that hope is like you know hope is so powerful and he plans on using that i guess to his advantage or their advantages in him in the great darkness which at least for a moment made me think hey maybe we'll get a blue lantern sighting in this event <laughs> but probably not other than, I guess, confirmation, pseudo confirmation, even though now they've made it official anyway. So what the hell does it matter that the Justice League, I mean, they, their bodies might be gone, maybe. But they're, but the essence of who they are are all in these different worlds, like we had kind of speculated, like the Flash, like the Flash was sent to his own world, which, which we already knew about. All these heroes kind of live in their like almost idealized version because of what's going on with the multiverse and what they're what pariah in the great darkness are trying to accomplish that basically these the justice league is not completely dead yeah um there's something in dark crisis one i wanted to read which you may not like uh the implications here but i do see the potential here uh it's pariah clearly talking i'm assuming to the great darkness he says what oh yes you're right a dying world parents shot down in an alley the list of heroes created within darkness is endless. Why can't they see that so much good in their world has come from death? I'm wondering there if we have potential then to have yet another version of evil Hal in terms of it does this signal because it much in the way the great darkness took over dark side Necron, all those people we saw in the death of the justice league and is presumably taking over because at one point, um, John, John Kent and um, Wally mentioned the fact that uh, they're taking on all these villains, but none of the heavy hitters are there. Where are all the big hitters? So we assume that the Great Darkness must then have taken over other villains besides just the ones we saw in the death of the Justice League. So I'm wondering there if there's potential here for the great darkness to spread to the point where it infects those who are created from darkness. Like it mentions parents shot down an alley. So, you know, various back characters, including Nightwing, whose parents were killed. Um, and then we've got Hal, whose of course father died in a plane crash. Uh, so like, what is, what is the potential there for that? And that, that sentence could just mean anything, but uh, it, it does concern me a little bit that we might get, you know, you know, good good heroes turned dark because they were created in the dark sort of a thing. It also gives you some pause because we know that they're kind of hyping this up that whatever issue it is, was it four? Is that the Hal Jordan on the cover issue? 
is it four? I don't know. I don't know about four, but I know that there's a Green Lantern special. No, the yeah, not that. It's it's the it, it's. I think we've seen pictures of it when Hal's flying off to like deal to confront Pariah. I think. I think that's supposed to be the cover of one of the of one of. It's either it's either three or four. I think, but it just it concerns me. It concerns me because they're kind of hyping that up and talking about Hal has a role to play, and that and saying you know about Hal's being more direct about this because you know Hal's. Hal's trying to like organize his own little thing. That's why, you know, Wally and company are going to go look for Barry and, and Hal's going to go basically kind of find out for himself what the hell the deal was with Pariah because he doesn't trust black Adam that it just makes you wonder. Cause it's like, they say he's got a role to play and everything else, but it, it just makes to me based on the current state of, of green lantern, especially Hal Jordan green lantern in this infinite frontier era, I should say that, it makes me wonder if they're just setting it up just so we can fail miserably, whether it goes along the lines that you're talking about where he ends up being used as a weapon against everybody else or not. I don't know, but I just, it seems like just to give him, give him a moment on the surface where it's like, Hey, Hal has his moment and he's doing Hal like things. And this is why it doesn't work. And this is why this is not the approach or we don't kind of subtext me. We don't need this. You know, this isn't, this used to work in the old days, but we don't need this anymore or something along those lines. I am concerned that they may do something along those lines where on the surface, trying to maybe not appease Hal fans, but give Hal Jordan logically a moment because why wouldn't he considering all the heroes that are gone and, and he's left, he's, he's really high up on the food chain that I was like, we'll give him his moment, but, but it's not going to turn out well. So that's, that's what my, that's what my con- concern is. I can see that. Uh, obviously we're not going to dig too much into it again, the guys, not a whole lot of new ground being broken there. Yeah. There's some stuff that happens. There's some Titan stuff. That's interesting, especially as somebody who's been reading the Nightwing series, there's some good Nightwing stuff in here. Um, but in terms of how focused stuff, I did like the, um, I did like the, you know, uncle wall or uncle Hal that Wally said, I, I did like the sort of, um, awe that John Kent has for, um, for Green Lantern, he's because Hal shows up and he's like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool." And, and you know that that also carries some weight, especially when your dad is freaking Superman. <laughs> but Green Lantern shows up, you're like, "Wow," <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, what did you think of the Jackson story? I think the resolution was a little too convenient. How everybody was able to figure out what to do, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, the alien was, "Oh, thank you," oh, reminding me similar of that. Uh, of the graphic novel with, with the Alan, Hal, and Kyle st- with, with the same alien. What the hell was that? Was that uh, Fear Itself? Is that Fear Itself? You that said one? Alan. You said Alan, Kyle, and and Hal. And in in you were used the word graphic novel, but I heard novel, and I was thinking the Sleepers series. No, the graph the graphic novel was it Fear <laughs> was it was it Fear Itself? I, I think so. Yes, but that that's what it in a way that's what this. That kind of reminded me of that, the way it's like, oh, it's like, oh, the alien was so, uh, the aliens were grateful. The alien was grateful for you helping it. And it's like, okay, but that's, it's just, they figured out what to do pretty quick. And then, and how in a way was, I know it was the heat of the moment, but the idea that, oh, the Justice League's dead. It's like, what? It's like, oh, back to work, which also kind of was like Emerald Twilighty reminded me of, you know, the, the transition from Green Lantern 46 into 47, then back to 48, because even though he's supposed to find out from Jackson, that the Justice League is dead. And then it does another scene. Was it in in the in the, I think in issue one when he how just shows up? It's like where's the Justice League? It's like well you kind of know they're already dead. That's not really would be. I don't know if that'd be the question yeah. to be asking. Like what happened might be it. So it's almost like they have. It's almost like that. I'm not saying they did it, but it, 
you could interpret it as kind of like one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing, trying to show the moment when Hal found out the Justice League was dead, except we already had done that. <laughs> Which is exactly something DC does all the time. They forget to tell people what the hell's going on with the with the event, and then crap like this happens. So. But uh, but the story itself is fun. But other than that, I did I agree. I did like the I did like the interaction between the two of them. That was that was fine, and I liked and I did like Hal's less you know his cynical approach to black adam especially and 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 the typical how approach is like well let's go find out what's going on it's like instead of hearsay it's like we can't just take his word for what's going on and what happened it's like and especially when black adam was a little too a little too like i said he was a little too definitive about the fact that oh they were able to push the darkness back and it was like so you don't have to worry about that or something to that effect and it's like okay that's a little presumptuous on multiple levels <laughs> it's like but yeah now that you say that i was thinking my thought process was that's just black adam being black adam but like yeah maybe there is something more sinister to that well it's not i mean it could be but it's not even that it's sinister and necessarily it's just that he's speaking in absolutes about stuff concerning the whole circumstance that it's you know it's literally uncharted territory so you would think you would not be you and and certainly they could wipe out the justice league not being so sure that hey that the thing that wiped out the Justice League, you don't really have to worry about. And it's kind of that's kind of the implication. It's like, well, we really don't have to worry about that because the, the darkness stopped. And it's like, well, it stopped for now. But obviously, you know, the great darkness is still there and Pariah is still there. And and we're going to see that if the, the, the issue and the threat to the multiverse and all that stuff is still ongoing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's cool to see how back he, he keeps saying he was on vacation. I, I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, he was getting some. He was getting yeah. some, Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, continuity problems aside, the fact that you see Jessica at one point in here and she's in Green Lantern costume, you see uh, Joe at one point, she's fighting a manhunter. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on continuity wise here, <laughs> Neither but do they <laughs> uh, supposedly this is supposed to take place in, in that sort of nebulous near future. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, I guess we will. All right. Enough about dark crisis. Uh, Cause I mean, it's a seven issue series with a bunch of tie-ins. So we're only in the start beginning of this thing. I will say one last thing though, uh, looking at the cover to dark crisis, number one, we've got John, uh, we've got black Adam, we've got Shazam, Nightwing, Wally, Damien and Yara floor, wonder girl. We've got Hal. We've also got Jessica on the cover. So I'm interested to see what role she plays moving forward because I mean, the other ones are clearly set up to be playing a more major role in this, in, in the issues that we've talked about tonight. But other than in one panel, we haven't yet seen Jessica's involvement here. So why put her on the cover? Well, I wouldn't read too much into that. <laughs> you could be right. Maybe, yeah. we will, maybe we will see her in a more defined role, but you know, it's like everybody else. It's like, Let's just remember, remember, we all know if there's going to be one Green Lantern that's going to be featured in this, it's going to be it's going to be Joe <laughs> at the end of the day. It'll be Joe. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you and I both saw a movie, uh, which is not shocking for you, but shocking for me. I saw it relatively quickly. Yeah, you ha- you do do that once in a while. It has been known to happen before. Yeah. 
but this makes sense because that's just near the, literally near the top of your list, at least as far as heading into the movie. <laughs> Jurassic World <sighs> Dominion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I saw it. By the way, EVX wasn't worth it. For those of you. Uh, yeah. So I told Marco I was going to go see it. The theater across the highway from me is is Evo. Uh, the, there are multiple locations. I don't know if there's an Evo near you, folks. But uh, uh, some of them have what's known as their EVX experience, which is a bigger theater, more seats. The, the, the screen takes up an entire wall from wall to wall, ceiling this floor. Um, and it's supposed to have the Dolby Atmos sound. I did notice a, a sound increase. But I was relatively in the middle of the auditorium and the projection was still projection that you would see at any other theater. So I really was EVX really wasn't worth it. To be fair, though, my ticket was only really two dollars more. So, you know, whatever. Uh, honestly, not worth it. But we're not here to talk about the seats. We're here to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, go ahead, man. What did you think? Spoilers, 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 by yes. the way, folks. Yes, I, I think we should talk about the seats instead. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Well, heading, heading into this, the, the reviews were clearly horrible about, about regarding this movie heading in. So and I didn't have I didn't have the anticipation level that you did. I'm not as t- I, I've seen. I think it's safe to say I've seen four of the previous five movies in this. I, I never saw Fallen Kingdom. I just saw the end on HBO at one point. I saw, think I saw the last half an hour. So I, obviously I knew where things left off as far as what the premise of this movie seemingly was going to be, which we'll talk about. But I don't have the ties to the franchise the way the way you do. So I didn't, my expectations were lower even before the review started coming out. I will admit I'm surprised it did as much money as it did considering the expectations and that I think, well, correction, considering the reviews were so poor and the fact that I can't imagine word of mouth was good either, but I guess because they marketed it smartly by in quotes, making, making it clear like this was just going to be the last one, the last chapter, which of course it can be, but there's nothing in this movie, which app, which prevents you at all from just making another one anytime you want. So, but I, they marketed cleverly on that level, and I think that probably helped end bringing back the original trio. I think that was enough to push this movie about twenty million dollars, give or take, over what the what the general projections were, which was like in the one twenties, one twenty five, one twenty eight. I think that's what they were thought the movie was going to do, but it did one forty five ish. It was well, it's it's long, it's longer than it needed to be. It, it, and it feels it at some parts of the movie. It, it takes, it definitely takes a while to get going in this movie. Uh, the subplot, which we'll talk about, other than that, even the subplot, the main plot, which drives everything in this movie, it has, it's related to the dinosaurs. And that's the best way to put it because it's not, it's not dinosaurs that you're really dealing with for the most part. It's more like you're dealing with uh, Cretaceous locusts. You're dealing with genetic, genetically engineered locusts, which are conveniently only eating crops that are not genetically engineered, too. Uh, but the movie fails on one of the biggest premises that the things that had working in its favor, which was you were finally going to see how the world was going to be with dinosaurs in the wild, re-released into the wild. What was the, what was the world going to be like? And that was the premise and the promise of what where the last movie ended and the marketing for this movie. 
When the reality was you get some scenes like that, but the overwhelming majority of the movie is just like all the other Jurassic movies that you have. The bulk of the dinosaurs are all in a contained area and then something goes wrong. And then you got to, so it kind of fails on, it fails on that level. It, you know, it's not, there's a lot of questionable motivation at times for some characters. And it just seems it was not exact. It didn't go out with, with a flourish. I think, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I messaged you afterwards and I said, it's a movie without stakes. Uh, having said that, it's not inconsequential because the movie is about consequence um, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's got no stakes because, uh, and again, I said spoilers. So the kid's not going to die. Owen and, and I already forgot her name. Claire. Claire. Uh, Owen and Claire aren't going to die. Uh, you would expect Ellie and Alan not to die. At one point, I thought mm, they might actually kill kill off Ian here, and that could be a good death for him. Um, but when they didn't, for the rest of the movie, you knew he wasn't going to die. The new kid could have died, the one that helps Ian. But you know, you you, you only got to know him this movie, so like, if he did, it wouldn't. Again, no stakes. So. There's really there's there's nothing here to to make you feel any feel any of the sense of danger because everybody's going to come out of it fine. And you kind of know that going into it, uh, regardless of any trailers or spoilers you've seen. It's just like, well, yeah, you know, they're not going to do it. Um, And like I said, at one point, I, you know, when 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 Ian was trying to to distract the giga, whatever they call it, um, whatever the scientific name was, when when he was trying to distract that with a flame, I was like, he's going to sacrifice himself for them. And oh, that's interesting. I didn't think they'd do it. And then they didn't do that. And I was like, well, he's fine then. <laughs> Cause if you're going to kill him, it has to be there. It has to mean something. And it, and, and that's the place to do it, but they didn't. So whatever, at the end of the day, the movie comes back around to life finds a way. And the only thing that ever screwed the, any chance of quote unquote life finding a way was humanity because we kept dicking around with genetic engineering and creating bigger, better, you know, deadlier dinosaurs instead of thing, just letting things take their course. And it was always the, the, the humans dicking around with stuff that screwed things up, especially in these later sequels uh, or the Jurassic world trilogy rather. And that's felt even more starkly here because the problem isn't even the Giga, whatever. Uh, I'll just call it Giga, whatever the Giga thing is. Uh, the problem isn't necessarily that. The only thing wrong with that is the fact that there are two alphas. And <laughs> it's your, you've got all these scientists on hand. Anybody could have told you. <laughs> as, as they point out, the minute they see them, two alphas in an enclosure isn't going to work out very well for you. but uh that's the only meddling they did there but the problem is we fucking locusts instead of the dinosaurs which didn't make a whole lot of sense because yes we know they're not eating the biosyn crops um but (laughs) the their ceo guy clearly tells and, and again you can tell just how let down i am by this i'm forgetting the names of these people what's the scientist the the guy we've seen since the first one God, what the hell is B.D. Wong's character's name? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but he's 
you know, the, the CEO tells him, you know, kind of the point of controlling the world's food supply and stuff like that, but then also gives him permission to find a cure to shutting down the locusts, like to, to killing them. Like that's the whole point behind capturing blues baby and the girl to allow him to do this experiment in the first place. So you created the problem. Now you're going to, I mean, I guess maybe it got away from you and you're worried about the repercussions, but if your whole goal was controlling the food supply, then why are you letting him? I don't know. Uh, so not, there was parts of it that didn't make sense parts. And like I said, largely no stakes. I see what they did. They're trying to do the clever, you know, uh, only we ever screwed this up and life finds a way. We got rid of the scientific meddling shit. And now that we just let the dinosaurs be life finds a way. And that's, and they very clearly make that point without actually saying life finds a way. They make that point in some of those final clips where you see, you know, the, them running around alongside the, uh, the horses or, or walking across the Saharan plains or whatever with the, with the elephants or swimming with the, the, the whales and not attacking them like that sort of stuff. So that's very much there. But if you're going to give me a movie about dinosaurs cooperating with humankind, just fucking give me Dinotopia. Let's get a big budget live action Dinotopia series on the screen then. Cause I'm all for that. Uh, for those of you who remember what Dinotopia is, it just felt like, don't give me it. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's the true definition of when we say a popcorn flick, maybe that's the definition of a popcorn flick, a movie with no stakes. And yeah. I, I don't know. I guess, There's, I mean, that's not the worst. It's not the worst definition. It's, I mean, there is a certain element of, and this can be interpreted more harshly or not like a mindlessness to a popcorn flick. And it's something that you're not supposed to think think too much about. You're not supposed to spend a whole lot of time delving into why this makes sense, why this doesn't make sense. Henry Wu, Dr. Henry Wu was the character that you couldn't think of. <laughs> That's right. Also, his heel turn doesn't make much of a sense. And, and I say heel turn, it, 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 doesn't turn. Even ha- it doesn't even happen in the movie. It happens somewhere off screen in the time since we saw him because he is a broken down shell of a man. And then they've, the next time we've, you know, that's, that's the first time we see him in this film and he has completely changed his, his tune, but we have no, like what happened? Cause he clearly wasn't in, affected by any of the stuff that happened at Jurassic world. He was ready to get the hell out of there and damn the consequences, damn everybody else. So where the hell did this, why did this heel turn happen? Face turn. The face yeah, turn. That whatever. Yeah. Cause he was a heel. He turned the TV. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume because the consequences have gotten much bigger that with when on the surface, while well, yes, there was a threat with the dinosaurs, maybe probably because now, obviously, when the, when the dinosaurs escaped, the threat would always be more of the aquatic and the, the aquatic and the uh, airborne dinosaurs would be the hardest ones to corral. But but and the smaller ones, anything you had that was small that could multiply fast, then it would be a problem. But the bigger ones, you would assume that. You probably, if they did escape, you probably could either get them like they did, which basically is the concept of this. The majority of the ones that escaped into the wild were captured and brought and brought to this preserve, basically, that I think is because of the ramifications of on, on the entire world and how fast it was happening. Because the I mean, these locusts were going to like seriously like deplete the food source and the food supply around the world fast. And so I think 
I think that might have just driven the point home more than more than anything. Plus, plus again, it's a retcon because they they gave this background between Wu and you know the the original you know the, the mother of the girl who who now now what now we're supposed to what she's not a she's not a real cl- she's not an actual clone now is that what the deal is is she is she not? no she's she well hmm. I don't they imply it's kind of like a like a like an in vitro thing. Because with the mother, no, like they they imply that um, that she gave herself the ability to asexually reproduce, but not the mother though. Yes, that she gave that's, herself. She gave what, herself the ability to do that. That's what that's what I got from that. Now, if anybody out there listening can say otherwise, go for it. But they she didn't artificially inseminate herself she didn't clone herself she gave because she was part of the scientific team uh that worked alongside the science well she she was a kid at the time but she was trained essentially and grew up around those scientists and was a scientist in her own right had access we presume to all those files and stuff like that i got the notion that she gave herself the art the ability to to asexually reproduce um, Some, somehow from the dinosaur technology basically yes but then they say that she messed with the with with the with the girl's code so that she wouldn't have the same disease yes. as the mother yeah that's where it, that's where it started that's where it started getting a little convoluted but they but they then ret- they talk about they talk about blue's baby and how the, the the two are connected in a way but blue obviously wasn't artificially inseminated and or cloned right? blue asexually reproduced yeah yeah, so I, so you're pro- you're probably you're you're probably right about that. Either way, they retcon the fact that Wu, that because of Wu's uh, relationship with uh, with the girl's mother, that that's one of the reasons why maybe that kind of soft, not just steered him in the direction of all the all the all the positive things that can be could be born potentially out of the girl, st- understanding the girl's genome, but also maybe so- maybe softened his view on. On, and made him change his mind and some some of the approaches he was you know he was having um were taking previously that changing his his um, maybe not his ethics but just making him reevaluate but it's and i don't know about you i i thought i thought the ceo i thought something was going to come of the fact that he was that he was snacking all the time but i thought there was going to be something that we were going to find out that it's like there was some reason why he was always eating like there was something wrong with him like biologically or genetically he he reminded but I guess it was just a nervous habit. He actually reminded me a lot of the of Tim Robbins' character in in uh, da, 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 Antitrust, the Bill Gates knockoff that he played in that movie. That he that's that's he kind of gave me the vibes of that cat of that character while, while looking very much like freaking Tim Cook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. that's the Apple's current Apple CEO. Yeah, so it's, it's like kind of like a balancing act, and it's it'd be even more appropriate that but you know back. Back when Microsoft was the in thing, then you know the yeah, Tim Robbins pretty much played the Bill Gates knockoff and antitrust, and now you're and now you're having a having an Apple knockoff. <laughs> it's very very similarly. Uh, but yeah, I thought there was gonna I thought we were gonna find out there was something genetically wrong with him too, uh, especially since they mentioned that snacking thing pretty early on with uh, with his assistant, the one who was to help tip off Malcolm and everything. Yeah, that, yeah, but that that guy that kind of that kind of went nowhere other than the fact that you knew he was gonna you, you knew he was gonna die. That was that was the standard. Uh, which actually I guess you could make the case it didn't really apply entirely in the series because obviously Wu 
played Frankenstein and he didn't suffer the, the consequences that almost always happen when you do, which is that you have to die. Yeah. Uh, maybe because maybe because he did reg- because he did regret it and he was trying to he was trying to use the technology to correct the problem as opposed to, you know, the the corporate overlords above him who still wanted who still wanted to use it for just for money and control. Then maybe that's why. But it 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 was an interesting change and maybe or maybe just because he, they wanted to give this character a, an arc going since he goes all the way back to the original movie. But it but usually when you pl- play when you mess with God whether it's deep blue sea or any, any movie like that, you're going to, or a book, you're going to end up dying. Even if you, even if you recognize it's a problem and you're actively trying to seek it, that's, that's your punishment for the whole Prometheus stealing fire kind of thing. It's like, eventually you're going to have to pay the price. Yeah. I also didn't like the fact that we, we, we not only didn't progress the story of whatever the hell is going on with engine, we completely abandoned it. Yeah, that is true too. We, 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 you know, Biosyn co-opted their, the scientific team and they took like, it's a different, completely different. Co- it's like, you could make an argument that maybe somehow it's connected in some way, but it's very clearly on its face at the very least, a completely different company. And they complete, there's not, there's nothing engine related here. And yeah. I think that, that was a mystery. Like granted, it's not why people freaking tuned in to watch Jurassic park movies and stuff, but like engine was a thread this this shady company you know that was doing things behind the scenes like who you know from from the first from the first movie you know who hired him to take the embryos and then you know who you know who who took uh took some of this you know dr Wu took some of the the science stuff and when he left jurassic world and and all of this stuff like what is going on the people who took the the dinosaurs off the island before and to cage them up and sell them and stuff like what is going on with engine was a thing in like nearly all of the movies but now we just straight up abandon that because i remember talking about the potential to explore and and potentially hopefully solve that mystery in this in this in this movie but not only did we not get any progression we just completely said nope doesn't matter <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i think though still having the original shaving cream can around that was kind of a nice touch uh but i'm not sure it makes sense I, <laughs> unless it's just a souvenir you don't think anything in it would be viable after all these years <laughs> i mean it's 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 on it's on a, a display stand so you think it's not just a can of barbasol it's got to be the can oh yeah i'm sure it is the can the question is whether there's anything in but doesn't he take it doesn't he take it when he's gathering his ship at the end before he buy before he buys oh, it I, I don't know the the minute he he they said they were going to shut down power to everything to get the the aerial stuff back up and he climbed in that pot. I was like, okay, he's dead. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I, I, I thought for so I thought that he, that he ends up. Yeah. Cause I, I thought we saw it when, when he gets killed by the, by the spitters down there. I think I thought we saw it like fall, like fall out or something. I'll be, um, I'll be honest uh, uh, for the last hour, maybe even hour and a half of that film, my eyes were floating. I had to pee so bad, but I was, uh, I'm a bigger guy. I'm in the middle of the row. It's a, like I said, guys, it's a bigger theater. So I would have to make, you know, like in the middle of the action, make like, not only am I a larger guy, like wide, I'm also like six, two. So like, 
I'm like, I'd have to be edgy. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Go to the bathroom, come back. Excuse me, excuse me. Like, I'm just the kind of person who doesn't want to inconvenience someone. So I just kept leaning forward, leaning back, leaning to the side. <laughs> so I was a little distracted. Yeah, it's that's that's what does suck about sitting in the middle of a row. That's why, given the choice, that's why I like the theaters, the two big theaters at our regal because if we given the choice then we I, I, we always get the two aisle seats in in that row so uh with the bar to put your feet up but you always have the first two seats in so if you need to go which whichever theater you know there are mirror images of each other so whichever side you're sitting on the left and the right you have the same two seats so you can always just shoot right out and you don't disturb anybody as opposed to tomorrow night when we go see light light year that we're it's in a crappy or small not a crappy or it's in a it's in a relatively big theater but not one of the two biggest so that means yes and we're, we're kind of dead set in the middle but as of now no one else has bought tickets so hopefully that'll continue for that row yeah but, it's a, it's a fun fact for those of you playing along at home as you as you get older your ability to hold it gets less and less i don't mean you're gonna piss yourself although that happens i guess i suppose to some people but i used to be able to hold it for much longer than i currently can <laughs> uh i've noticed as i've gotten older i I have to get up to go to pee more in the middle of the night you know (laughs) and and it it also and again that's not that people care but also depends on uh, what you drink and what you eat and you have more you have more you drink a lot you certainly have a lot of stuff that has sugar in it then yes that even if it's even if it doesn't hit you immediately sometimes it'll just like for me and I think some of it's post, you know, post having the kidney stones too. I think that might make me susceptible more, uh, like in the last ten plus years. But I do know that sometimes, like I get, yeah, sometimes I can have a, I if I have a soda or maybe a, like if I'm having dinner and I drink and I have like a couple of, couple of glasses of soda during the course of the dinner, it's like I might be fine for like the first hour after I from the time I sit down. But then once it hits me, then it's like like every 20, like every 20, 30 minutes afterwards for like at least a period of time. So basically I get all the sugar out of me. Then it comes comes right back. That's what I that's what I always hope doesn't happen, you know, when I'm in the movies, because of the fact that I, just because I don't just because I think it looks weird if you have to get up like more than once. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like because you, you don't want to be the topic of someone's conversation. Like, man, I, he's, that guy got up to pee three times. But uh <laughs> But I don't, actually, I don't think I, I actually don't think. No, I didn't go. Do, I I don't think I actually went at all during during this movie. I had to go. I think I had to go afterwards. I think I don't think I went in, in this one. But it, it yeah, it's you can't help it sometimes. And it, that's the problem with having with having long movies. And it does help when you kind of when you kind of know what's coming, because that way you can know, especially if you're going to see something a second time. And it's like, well, I know this is a good time to go. <laughs> I didn't mean us to go down the the P tangent. Yeah, we went down the P road. <laughs> oh God, but but that that's where this movie took us because at the end of the day, what what can you really do about it? It was it was a letdown. Yeah, it's it. I was just gonna say it's this. It was disappointing. Again, even for somebody who was not going in with a great deal of expectation, it's it's not you know it's not the worst movie of all time. It does kind of fit in nicely in the series though because at the end of the day, you have Jurassic Park and. Everything else is like sloppy seconds to Jurassic Park. I mean, they're all varying degrees of eh after that. To I mean, Jurassic World kind of was that did at least try to put things back on track, even though, again, it was essentially a, a remake of Jurassic Park. When you really break it down, it's just that, hey, here's a park that actually got to the part of the stage where you open. But Lost World was an entirely different kind of movie and based on 
mostly based on the Crichton actual sequel. The third movie was horrible. That's what you get for making a movie without a script, you know, without a finished script and determined to make a dinosaur to, to replace T-Rex that nobody ever wants to see replaced. But some people, you know, somebody always wants to be the smartest guy in the room, even when you're not. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's a disappointing end to a series, end in quotes, because we know there'll be another one at some point. But it's an end to this, at least the first six movies in the series as a set, because it's it could have it could have been better and it didn't deliver on the ma- and the major theme and what people seemingly were interested in, which is how you're going to deal with dinosaurs in the real world. And what is that going to mean for everyone and everything? And they just kind of give you a kumbaya kind of answer at the end. And it's like, OK. And it's like, hey, all the dinosaurs are going to, you know, they get to stay at the preserve and yada, yada. And like, we know that's going to work out well. And it's like all the ones that are in the wild, they're going to stay in the wild and we'll have to learn to coexist with them. It's like, well, that sounds good. But yeah, if you're going to get like I said, if you're going to give me that, you know, dinosaurs coexisting with humans, they did that much better a long, long time ago with Dinotopia. So let's go that route. I guess that's that. That is that. Uh, Quick thing for those of you playing along at home with the merchandise game. uh, Two things, actually. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is fast coming upon us. And just like. Uh, every year, the three big conventions, we got spring, which is Emerald City. We've got summer, which is San Diego. We got fall, which is New York Comic Con. Funko usually has exclusives for these events, if not more conventions like WonderCon and stuff like that. But usually those three. The um, announcements for the uh, San Diego Comic Con Funko exclusives have been uh, dropped to people. We've been seeing a lot of those uh, today, this week. Uh, everything they are going to be doing a Larflees soda figure. This is the Funko line that comes. They're more cartoonized. They're smaller. They come in. They're they're solid pieces as opposed to a big head that turns or anything like that. Uh, they come in a, an aluminum can. Uh, Larflees will the the regular version will just be him standing there uh, facing you. The, he's got uh, kind of flame looks coming up around him. The chase version is a glow-in-the-dark version, but the difference with this one is not only the glow, but instead of his hands being at his side with his palms upturned like with the regular one, they are the chase version is, is him glowing in the dark but clasping a battery at his chest. Uh, so that's cool. We don't yet know what store that'll be shared with, if it's only available online or, or what. For all we know, that could be only available at the convention or only available on Funko.com and it could be one of those hard to get ones. We don't know. But it exists. And at the same time, we got uh, some leaks about what's going to be coming up for the fall convention exclusives. Uh, there will evidently be, we have yet to see it, but supposedly one of the New York Comic Con exclusives for Funko will be a regular Funko Pop, not soda, will be a Star Sapphire. It doesn't say Star Sapphire Wonder Woman or Star Sapphire. It's just Star Sapphire. So we don't know what that is yet, but I guess we'll see. So keep keep an eye out for that. And we we don't, again, also with that one, we don't know is, if, what, is that going to be shared with like Hot Topic or Box Lunch? Or is that also going to be a con or Funko store exclusive? Uh, we don't know. Um, so those two things are upcoming. And speaking of Funko Pops, uh, I won't say I told Mark this, but uh, I won't say it. But I, I did buy uh, aftermarket on eBay. I bought the rights to one of the Kyle Rayner NFTs. Um, 
the redeemable NFTs. And before you folks get on me about that, FYI, the redeemable NFT is just that redeemable. I didn't pay lots of money for an NFT. I paid money for essentially a coupon that grants me the ability to receive in exchange for this NFT, a physical Funko Pop of Kyle Rayner. There's only going to be 2,050 of those made. Those tend to go, when they're that limited, they go for a lot on the aftermarket. doesn't matter. I'm not going to flip it. But uh, So expect, expect a, a YouTube video review of that whenever uh, I get that physical pop. I believe the redemption window opens sometime in early September for those. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I still would like to get the Eradicator. I just have a, I, it's hard for me to justify spending that much money. And there are some of them out there. I mean, there are, there are some that are available that are not. And Eradicator is going for more than Kyle. I paid for Kyle, right? Yeah. Um, But they're probably on average, they're probably around 200. If you're looking at what's available, there's some one, one being bid on now that's, that's less than that. And there's, Hey, we can get a two pack for 375 bucks, but. Yeah, it's I bit on one a while ago and I just I can't justify spending that much for a friggin' pop. I just can't. I mean, yeah, I, I almost would rather buy. I mean, I if it was a little less money because it's like 90 bucks, I think I, if it was like 50 bucks, I almost part of me would almost ro- almost want to roll the dice, just getting getting like a pack or two, which, of course, I tried to do and I got screwed. We never did tell talk about it. That's mm-hmm. one day we will. <laughs> Long story short, you can't count on the countdowns. Because my countdown was like down to twenty something minutes, and it jumped up to like forty, which makes no sense when I've already I'm already in the queue. So what the hell could happen that causes another tw- another twenty minutes of time being added? It's not like people should be cutting in front of you in line because you're already in the queue. But I yeah I so I, I was trying to be able to buy a couple buy some packs to roll the dice on it, and I didn't get it. I would love I would love it, but again, it's like it, it's hard to. I mean, it's, it's a freaking pop. I mean. I mean, it was bad enough back in the day justifying, and it worked out. The forty dollars for the San Diego Comic Con house, at least, but that's a big, you know, that's a bigger figure. I mean, I could, but to try to justify spending over a hundred dollars on a Funko Pop, I mean, that's hard for me. But yeah, they're they're when when they're limited print runs, guys, they they always end up going for more. For instance, there are two Funkos I'll never get. There is a Freddy Funko, which is Funko's mascot, as Venom, and a Freddy Funko as a White Lantern. Both of those are limited to 24 pieces, and those do not go for less than a thousand dollars. And if you see it for a thousand dollars, it's a deal. I mean, it's understandable based on the limited run, but it's still nuts to be spending that much on. Right, like exactly. That. So, um, the the idea of a two th- a two thousand run that those regularly hit around. Uh, <sighs> 275 300 or more even more depending on the character i guess on the aftermarket but just from print run alone and i spent less than 200 so it'll only go up in value for what i paid for it and it's a lantern thing and i wanted it so i just knew that i would see it on the aftermarket for a certain amount of money and then i go well if i only if i could get that for this much instead this much being the amount i paid for it then in the future, future me would consider that a deal. So why not take that deal right now? <laughs> so I hear you. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I'll get that later on this year and I'll do a video review. I'll unbox it once and then put it back in the box. <laughs> so uh, if people want to reach out to us and give us feedback about Dark Crisis or what they thought about Jurassic World Dominion or 
the Denny O'Neill episode, your Top Gun episode, the YouTube videos, any of that stuff, how do they do so? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag geocast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all formats and platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, seven or a text 708 lantern and of course if you're still looking for our discord just email us at lanterncast at gmail.com lanterncast at gmail.com and we will be more than happy to send you that and we know we have feedback but we'll do that next time that's right good night everybody good night